Welcome to The Heart Zone, featuring George Cannon. This broadcast is a time of teaching and encouragement from Kerwinsville Christian Church. For more information, we invite you to visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. And now for a message from The Heart Zone. Here's George Cannon. Let me ask you a question this morning. You know, we're we're proceeding through the Gospel of Luke. We're looking at the life of Jesus. We're calling it Earthwalk. Specifically, we're looking at the teaching of Jesus Christ. So let me ask you about your week. I don't want anybody raising their hands. I don't want anybody yelling anything out. But I just want you to think about what I'm going to ask you. I want you to think about your week and what's been on your mind. What have your thoughts been consumed with this week? Is it an issue or is it a problem? Is it how am I going to get through this or how am I going to pay that bill or how am I going to deal with this situation? How am I going to find healing in this problem? And, 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 and so what's, what's been on your mind? What's been consuming you? I mean, you wake up in the morning and you're thinking about it. You go to bed and you're thinking about it. In fact, some of you are even dreaming about it. What's on your mind? What are you consumed with? I guess the better question is, is what are you worried about? What are you worried about as far as what's happening in your life? And I think if we're honest with ourselves, a lot of us here are worried about something. We're consumed about something. Some of you, to be very honest with you, if you don't have anything to worry about, you just watch the news and then you've got something to worry about. You know what I'm saying? I mean, your day could be going fine until you turn on Fox or CNN or ABC or NBC or CBS, and and then all of a sudden you've got an issue to be worried about. All of us here are consumed with something. Now you say, now George, why are you bringing this question up? Well, we've been going through, starting in the first verse of chapter 12, working our way up to where we are today, verse 22, we've had Jesus talk about several different issues And his whole attitude has been, don't be afraid. Don't worry about this. And think about this we've talked about. Like, number one, he's talking, telling us about, don't be fake, be real. Hypocrisy, as far as what the the Gospels are showing us, is the whole issue of presenting yourself as having your act together spiritually, when in reality you don't. And so he's saying... Don't be a fake person. Be a real person. He goes on then and says, Okay, as you're being real, don't worry about somebody else and what they can do to you as you live for Jesus in your life. Don't be afraid of them. Don't worry about it. He then goes on from then and talks about the whole issue of don't worry about the fairness of this world. Don't worry about stuff and you wanting stuff for your life. Live for God. Now, as you think about each one of those issues, now here's the problem. Immediately, there's going to be a question that rises up into your mind. It rises up into my mind when I think about what Jesus is saying. Okay, I understand what you're saying, Jesus. Well, what about me? You're telling me not to worry about all this other stuff. Who's going to worry about me? Who's going to worry about me and what I need and all the stuff that I need? You want me to live for you, but who's going to, who's going to worry about me? In fact, let's be honest, some of us, I I call it the 12th commandment. The 11th commandment is, thou shalt tithe. The 12th commandment is, God helps those who help themselves. It's not in the Bible, just like thou shalt tithe is not in the Bible. And a lot of us operate that way. If, If I'm not taking care of myself, 
then who's going to take care of me? And if you think about what we're worrying about, remember, let's get back to my original question. If you think about what we worry about, a lot of times what we're worried about is who, folks? Ourselves. How's this issue going to affect me? How am I going to get through this thing? How am I going to settle this? How am I going to come through this on the other side? How am I going to survive? And see, I think Jesus anticipates that question. Because immediately, in verses 22 through 34, he's going to talk to us about not worrying. He's going to talk to us about not being consumed with ourselves. He's going to talk to us about not being so focused on what we need and realizing that there's somebody else who cares about you. So let's look at what he says here. Look with me at verse 22 through 34. And he said to his disciples, Therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, nor about the body, what you will put on. Life is more than food, and the body is more than clothing. Consider the ravens, for they neither sow nor reap, which have neither storehouse nor barn, and God feeds them. Of how much more value are you than the birds? Which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit to your statue? If you then are not able to do the least, why are you anxious about the rest? Consider the lilies, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. If then God so clothes the grass, which today is in the field and tomorrow is thrown in the oven, how much more will he clothe you, O you of little faith? And do not seek what you should eat or what you should drink or have an anxious mind. For all these things the nations of the world seek after, and your Father knows that you need these things. But seek the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added to you. Do not fear, little flock. For it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Sell what you have, and give alms. Provide yourselves money bags which will not grow old, a treasure in heaven that does not fail, where no thief approaches, nor moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there your heart will also be. Folks, we can take this section of verses here and really divide it up into three sections. We're going to see, first of all, the encouragement from Jesus. We're going to see that in verses 22 and 23. Then we're going to see the reality. Some of us have got to grasp a reality. It's a biblical reality. And then we're going to see what a worthy pursuit is for our life. Because the fact of the matter is, you and I are going to come to the place, if you're not there today, you'll be there tomorrow, where you're going to worry about something. You're going to be consumed with something. I can almost guarantee it, before this week is out, for some of you, before this day is out, you're going to be worrying about something. Who's going to take care of me? Who's going to get me out of this situation? And so a lot of times we'll go to God, and in fact, when we face those situations, we will say things like this. Why? You know what, here's the thing, even if you had the answer, it still wouldn't satisfy you. Because even if you know why stuff is happening, that still does not answer how you're going to get through it. And Jesus is trying to tell us something here. So let's look at the encouragement. First of all, look with me at verse 22. Notice what he says here. Therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, or about the body, what you will put on. Here's what he's saying. Don't be consumed with the stuff of life. Don't be consumed with the stuff of life. Don't be consumed with it. Think about what we talk about most of the time. Think 
about where our conversations go when we're with family, sometimes even with friends if it's really consuming us. I mean, most of the time we are talking about our stuff. How are we going to do this? How are we going to pay that bill? How are we going to get through this situation? What about later when we die? What about later in retirement? What if you were to die today or tomorrow? Think about what we talk about, folks. Most of our conversation is about our what? Our worries. Isn't it true? Most of what we talk about is what we're worried about. It's our fears. And if you thought about it, in fact, I find it interesting. They say that 90% of what we worry about and fear never happens. But what do we spend most of our time doing? Worrying about what if this happens? What if that happens? What about that? Jesus is telling us here specifically not to be consumed with the stuff of life. Particularly, he's breaking it down into two basic things. What you're going to eat and what you're going to wear. Don't be consumed with that. Don't be consumed about what you're going to eat, food on the table. Don't be consumed about the clothes you're wearing. Because here's the point, verse 23. Look at what he's saying here. Life is more than stuff, Jesus is saying to us. Life is more than stuff. Look specifically what he's saying here. Life is more than food and the body is more than clothing. It's, it, there's something so much more important than what you're going to eat, folks, and what you're going to wear. Life is so much more than what you're consumed about. In fact, I think if you think about it for a moment, think about it. I want you to go back in your mind for a moment. Think about the last big thing that you spent an awful lot of time worrying about. Think about the last crisis that consumed you. Think about the last crisis that you were in where you couldn't sleep because you were thinking about it. Think about it. You, you carried it to lunch. You carried it to supper. You thought about it. Every time you had a conversation with somebody, it was about that situation. You guys remember in that situation? Now think about how you got through it. And when you got to the other end of it, you were like, oh my goodness. I wish I had all that time where I was worried about it. Have you been there? I've been there. See, life is more than what we're worried about. Life is more than the stuff of life. This is what Jesus is telling you. Folks, what are you consumed about right now? Well, I'm not consumed about anything. Well, let's ask your spouse what you're consumed about. Don't ask them. Why? Well, they're going to talk about this. Well, maybe that's the issue. Life is more than that. Don't be consumed with it. Here's the reality. Here's what you and I have got to embrace. When we're worried about stuff and we're asking that question, what about me? Who's going to care about me? Look at what the reality is here. Look at what Jesus is saying. Look with me at verse 24. Consider the ravens. Folks, that's crows. Have you got crows? I've got crows in my, on my street. Garbage day, they're around making a mess. You know? But I mean, here's, here's what's going on. Consider the ravens, for they neither sow nor reap, which have neither storehouses nor barns. God feeds them. Of how much more value are you than the birds? What's he saying to us here? You're valuable to God. I mean, you think about it. Who's feeding the birds? God is. And aren't you worth more to God than the bird? See, that's reality. Reality is, is you're more valuable to God. So there you are right now. You're consumed with the stuff of your life. You're consumed with the stuff that's going on. You're worried about this. How am I going to get through this? What about me? 
you've got to stop for a moment and realize that you matter to God. He cares about you. You matter more to him than the animals. And he cares for them as well. You're valuable to God. Here's the other thing you need to grasp as a reality. And this is the one that we have a hard time with. Look at, look at what, what's going on here. Look with me at verse 25. Which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit to your stature? And if you're not able to do the least, why are you anxious about the rest? He's saying, those of you who are consumed with worrying and wondering about what you're going to do, how you're going to do this, and, and, and it's like out of your control, and, and you're sitting there saying, how many of you can, can add height to your, to your stature? How many of you who are short here say, I'm going to be tall now, and, and you can make yourself grow? Mm, I'm going to grow. I'm not talking sideways. We can do a lot with that. But I mean, I'm talking upward. How many of you without platform shoes can add inches to your height? How many? You can't. Jesus is saying there's no way you can. So then, why are you worried about stuff that you can't control? And in fact, that's the point here. I want you to see you're not in control. You're not in control. I mean, think about it. There are so many people, so many situations and circumstances outside of you that, are, are, that can affect you. There is no way you could be in control. You're not in control. Now, the problem is, is we're all control freaks, though. We want to be in control. But the problem is, is we've got to admit to ourselves we're not in control. How many of you were in control of the economy crashing three years ago? How many of you? Who's responsible? Just raise your hand. None of us are none of us are in control of that, are we? How many of you are in control of what your boss decides to do at work? How many of you are in control of that? How many of you are in control of the winter weather? Nobody. See, the problem is, is we get, we've got to grasp the reality that we're valuable to God. And here's the other thing. You're not in control. Quit deceiving yourself. You're not in control anymore, folks. You've never been in control. But we live with this delusion that we can handle it. We can deal with it. We can do it. If I, had just a, if I just had a big enough wallet, if I had just enough brain power, and if I had just enough muscles, I can get myself through this situation. Folks, there are situations you're going to face that you can't get through. This is what he's saying to us. We're not in control. You say, okay, man, I'm not in control. What does that mean, though? But look at what he's saying here. Verse, verses 27 through 28, look with me. Consider the lilies of the field... How they grow, they neither toil nor spin. Yet I say to you, even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. And if God so clothes the grass, which today is in the field and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, how much more will he clothe you, O you of little faith? Here's what I want to see. God will meet your needs. This is the other reality. I've got a grasp of it. I'm valuable to him. I'm not in control. And the third thing here is, this is the reality that we've got to embrace. He's going to meet your needs. Now let me just stop for a moment. I didn't say once. He's going to meet your needs. For some of you, your want is New York Strip. But his meeting your needs might be venison. The reality is, he doesn't necessarily meet your wants, because we want a lot, don't we? But he meets your needs. Jesus is telling us if you're his child, God, just like he takes care of clothing the fields with flowers and the beauty of them, he's going to take care of you. 
He's going to meet your needs. That's reality. That's something we've got to embrace. But I think it's interesting. Look at that last little phrase there, because this is where we're at. He says, you of little faith. The issue isn't whether or not he's going to take care of your needs. The issue is whether or not you believe he'll take care of your needs. Because we're of little faith, aren't we? Because when you're in the midst of it, and you're going through it, and you're asking the question, what about me, and how am I going to get through this? The last thing that's on a lot of our minds is is that we think in terms of, yeah, God, you're going to get me through this. Yeah, God, you're going to provide my needs. See, that's what faith is. Faith is an uncompromising trust in God no matter what the circumstances are. But for a lot of us, though, we're overwhelmed by the circumstances. We're overwhelmed. In fact, he goes on and he tells us, look at verse 29, And do not seek what you should eat or what you should drink, nor have an anxious mind. For these things the nations of the world seek after. And your Father knows what you have need of these things. Here's what he's saying. Don't follow the world's example. Don't follow the world's example. That's what a lot of us are doing. That's what I'm doing. I'll be honest with you. In my everyday life, we follow the example of everybody else. Because, I mean, it it is the 12th commandment, isn't it? God helps those who help themselves. Because if I don't do it, nobody else is going to do it for me. And so the world is striving after stuff. It's a dog-eat-dog world. And if you don't stand up for yourself, somebody's going to squash you. That's the, what the world is saying. So you've got to strive for it. Nobody's going to give it to you, the world says. But don't follow the world's example. See, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. Here's the confusing thing. Here's the confusing thing about what Jesus is saying. Jesus' ways are foolishness to the world. Bottom line. What Jesus is calling us to, to trust Him, to not worry about stuff, to not be consumed with stuff of this world, but to trust Him to meet our needs, to carry us through, that's foolishness to the world. But that's who is what He's calling us to. That's what He's calling us to. See, that's the reality. So then you say, okay, all right, well, if that's the reality, what do I need to do then? Well, here's what He tells us. Look with me at verse 30 through 34. He tells us basically two things. Look with me at verse 30 and 33. For all these things the nations of the world seek after, and your Father knows what you need, these things. But seek the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added to you. Do not fear, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Sell what you have, give alms, provide yourselves money that will not grow old, a treasure in heaven that does not fail, nor Thief approaches or moth destroys. What's he saying here? Prioritize God. That's what he's talking about here. You and I, instead of being consumed with stuff, instead of being consumed with who's going to take care of us, we need to prioritize God in our lives. Why? Because number one, you've got to recognize some things. You're valuable to Him. In fact, he goes a little bit further in these verses and says, it's the Father's good pleasure. God delights in helping you. God delights in taking care of you. You know, I love Christmas. But you know what I love about Christmas more so than getting something? Actually, it doesn't even matter to me anymore about if I'm getting something. Correction. Cheese ball and, and, and whatever the meal is, okay? But, I mean, but reality, what I love about Christmas is the pleasure... I receive from watching my kids as they receive. Do you know what I'm saying? If you're a parent here, you know what I'm talking about. See, that's God. 
That's God's heart. He delights, He takes pleasure in giving you the kingdom. Isn't that awesome? Isn't that awesome? So prioritize him. So if I'm going to prioritize him, I'm not going to be consumed with stuff, so therefore I'm going to be a little bit looser with it. What do you mean with a little bit looser with it? Well, he says, I'm going to, you know what, if I see somebody who has a need, then I'm going to give of what I have, even if I need to sell something to take care of it. Because you know what? I'm not going to be consumed with who's going to take care of me. I'm going to be consumed about God because I know that he's taking care of me. So prioritize God. Now, let me just stop for a moment. Some of you here, that's going to be the most difficult thing for you. Because up to this point, you're going to say, okay, I agree with you, George, but I'm still hung up on who's going to take care of me. This is where you've got to go to God and you've got to ask Him, God, you've got to help me to trust you. You've got to help me to trust you. Because you're going to take care of me. You're going to take care of me. And so you've got to prioritize Him. Because why? Here's, here's the issue. For where your treasure is, there your heart will also be. This is what your heart is reflected in what you pursue. You know, what's Jesus saying here? Basically, folks, can I be honest with you? Talk is cheap. Talk is cheap. Have you ever noticed that about people? I mean, they'll say one thing, but you know what they really believe by how they what? They act or what they do. Jesus is saying the same thing. If you want to know where a person's heart is, you want to know what they truly treasure in life is, then watch their actions. What are they pursuing? That's reality. So, I mean, you can sit there and say, I love Jesus. But that's on Sunday during a song. The rest of the week will really show what you love. Do you understand what I'm saying? I mean, the reality is is that if you love Jesus, then prioritize Jesus in your life. Pursue Jesus. Because that's reality. Look, your heart is reflected in what you pursue. If it's the job you're consumed with, then folks, let me tell you what you're in love with. It's not Jesus, it's the job. Do you understand me? If what you're thinking about and what you're pursuing is to add to your investments and and, and to, to add to your, your bank account or whatever it is or your retirement or whatever, if that's what you're consumed with, then folks, let me tell you something. That's what you're in love with. It's not Jesus. If it's your hobby, I mean, you're consumed with your hobby and that's what you think about all the time, guys, the, a tree stand or, or the latest archery gear or the newest weapon to use or the latest camo gear that's going to quote, make you invisible to that beautiful buck that's out there somewhere. Excuse me, handsome buck. That's where your love is. It's not with God. This is what Jesus is saying. Think about the stuff we're worried about. The stuff we're worried about is where our treasure is. What we're consumed with. You say, okay, George, how do we bring this down to where we're at today? Well, let me give you two thoughts, and then we'll give you an action point for this week. What are you worrying about? What are you worrying about? Hey, can I be honest with you? I'm going to say something. It might shock you, but whatever it is that you're worried about, probably at the other end of that is an idol. What do you mean? Well, you know what an idol is, don't you? It's a, a substitute for God. Whatever it is that you... It could be your hobby, it could be work or whatever, your health. What are you worrying about? Because at the other end of it might be an idol, a substitute for God. 
What's consuming you? And you say, well, I'm consumed about my health. Well, health can be an idol. I'm consumed about who's going to take care of me. Well, you know what? There might be an idol there. What are you worried about? What is consuming you? And, and you don't have to sit there and think, well, let me think about it. No, no, you were thinking about it before you showed up here. What are you worried about? Some of you are so consumed with what the government is going to do, either pro or con or this or that, and you're worried about it. It's like, you know what, give me a break. Who's in control? The Democrats or Republican or God? Do you know what I'm saying? If you're a child of God, who's in control of you? And like I've noticed around here, I'm considering myself, how much effect do we have on what happens in Harrisburg or Washington or New York? But we'll be consumed because of some talking head on TV or in the newspaper or on the Internet. What are you worrying about? I'm going to tell you something. At the other end of it is an idol. Your substitute for God. So what does your pursuit reflect about your heart? What does your pursuit, what is your pursuit in life, what is it that you are pursuing reflect about your heart? That's really the deeper issue because, again, what you're pursuing probably is the idol. And for some of you, it, it may not be, it may not even be a physical thing that you're pursuing, it may be an idea. Do you know what I mean? An expectation that is consuming you that you've got to meet. It's an ideal situation. And this is, and, and you're making your life miserable, you're making your family miserable, you're making everybody else miserable. And really, to be honest with you, it's an idol. What does it reflect about your heart? You say, okay, George, what do we do about it then? Well, here's what I want you to do. Here's the action point for this week. Prioritize God in your pursuits this week. It's got to start off small. I mean, because you just, I, I, I'm a human being. I understand you're just not going to say, well, okay, I'm going to walk out of here today and here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to quit worrying about stuff. It's all about you, Jesus. It ain't going to work. You've got to start small. You've got to take one little issue at a time. And say, okay, God, I'm, I know I'm facing this right now. I don't know how I'm going to get through it. Who's going to worry about I'm going to consume with the question, what about me? What about me? What about me? God, help me to put you first. Remember that I'm valuable to you. Remember that I'm not in control. There's nothing I can do. Remember that you're going to meet my needs. You're going to take care of me. God, help me. One small step at a time. One issue at a time. One issue at a time. But you've got to start. You have got to make a conscious decision to say, I am not going to be consumed with this. I'm going to be consumed with you, Jesus. You're going to get me through this. Some of you need to be there. Some of you have got to be there. You have got to make that decision. God, carry me through this one moment at a time. Did you hear what I said? Moment. Not even one day. Because some of us can't make it through the day, can't we? One moment at a time. Thank you for being with us this morning. 
And we trust that today's message has been both challenging and an encouragement to your heart. At Kerwinsville Christian Church, a warm welcome is always extended to you. We're located at 700 State Street, Kerwinsville, Pennsylvania. For more information about our ministry, please visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. Now, on behalf of George Cannon and the entire church family, we hope that you will look to the Heavenly Father in all that you face this coming week.